1: Welcome to SciShow Tangents. It's a lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that made the YouTube series SciShow happen. I'm joined as always by Stefan Chin. Hello. What's your tagline? <laughs> Mr. Three Forks. And, and Sam is here. Hey. How many tines do you think a fork should have?
2: I think it should be four. Mm -hmm. I think officially, legally, it's four.
1: (laughs) The fork review board says four. It's right there in the name. Mm -hmm. What's your tagline?
2: Advanced darkness.
1: Sari Riley's joining me here on the science couch. How's your cookie?
0: I'm like staring at it. It's going to be a little bit more stale after an hour and a half of podcasting. But it was really good cookie. Were we you just going to keep eating, eating it
2: while we podcasted? if I didn't say anything?
0: I think if you had given me like a five-second warning, I would have shoved it all in my oh, mouth. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. This is I'm okay. really good at speed eating. <laughs> okay. That's what I used to do in high school all the time. Like
2: competitive speed
0: eating? No, I went to Costco and got a hot dog and shoved it in my gob really quickly. All Why? the way to Costco? <laughs> yeah, because we were close. I went to high school in Kirkland, Washington, home of Costco. Yeah. Oh, it was a Costco. the a Her high school
2: was a Costco. Yeah, So she basically. went to high school.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, within high Costco and so the food corpus yes. our cafeteria
2: and I'm Hank
1: Green and my tag on is 12 penny
2: showdown there's not even a name for 12 pennies <laughs>
0: That's a dime. dozen pennies? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. It's a dime and a tip. Oh, yeah. 20% on my dime <laughs> order. <Yeah. laughs> Two cents. Every week here on SciShow Tangents, we get together to try to one-up amaze and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, and we're also keeping score and awarding Sam Bucks from week to week. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but we're... Not great at that. So if you go on a tangent and the rest of us deem it unworthy, you will have to give up one of your Sam bucks. Now, as always, we introduce this week's topic with a traditional science poem this week from Sam.
2: This is KSCI SciShow Radio, and tonight I'm doing something that's quite a delight. I'm answering all the questions that you have about science and nature, and that's done in a lab. I will use my extraordinary knowledge to help you all out because I went to college. Caller one, you are on the air.
3: Uh, hello there. My question is uh, really quite pressing. Uh, can you explain RNA's role in the process of gene expression?
2: The answer is obvious and requires no explanation. You're wasting the time of both me and the nation. Hang up on this guy. Next caller.
1: Hi, I'm a longtime fan, first-time caller. Please explain thermodynamics if it isn't a bother.
2: This thing that you're asking, a baby would know. I'm sorry to say this, but you're banned from the show. Line four.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a question about gravity waves. Do we know from LIGO detectors if they Let me
2: stop you right there. I'm sorry to tell you. We're all out of time and this week's show is through. And dear listeners, I leave you with this suggestion. Please next time think of some harder questions. This is Smart Man Sam on KSEI signing off. <laughs>
1: so, so this was a science radio show skit uh-huh. where you're a science radio show host and you uh-huh. people calling with questions and then you belittle them. Uh,
2: yeah. They're too easy. <laughs> they're too easy. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you did that because our Topic of the day Is radio Yeah
2: and radio was too hard To figure out What it is Didn't
1: want to do A poem about radio no. So just did a poem About a radio host uh-huh. We
2: were getting Towards the end And I was
1: like When is this gonna be About radio <laughs> And then I was like
3: sick. Wait a second We're on a radio show
0: yeah, This is great I didn't know, even know Participation was a thing We could do with our oh, poems Oh no, no. Sam's
1: always thinking Outside of boxes The yeah. question is Do we give him An extra half a point For that No A
2: half a point I do not want to Keep track of <laughs> No I <laughs>
0: I, I would I would give Sam a whole point for this as the first person to
1: Wait, yeah. Introduce Just a new like format. So sort an of extra whole point? An mm.
0: extra whole point. Whoa. In the way, wow. bringing a guitar I mean, last... brings you an extra whole point. He printed out four pieces of paper. That's like it's True. Yeah. <laughs> highlighted our, our lines. <laughs> yeah. It has to be a unanimous decision, uh, though. Oh.
1: What, what's your vote, Hank? And I, I think I want to give Sam the extra oh, point. All right. Okay. I'll, be, I'll be peer pressured into it. <laughs> I'm not
2: in striking distance of any of you. I don't think <laughs> so. That's probably okay.
1: Well, it's early in the season. Who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. So radio waves are yeah. kind of electromagnetic radiation. Mm-hmm. And we have figured out how to make them contain information yes that was rhymed <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so visible light had a range of wavelengths and radio has longer wavelengths than that
1: okay so it's a, it's just more electromagnetic radiation and we have figured out how to harness it and shoot these waves they are of the same s- stuff mm-hmm. that's probably not right to call it stuff but they are of a different wavelength and using science. They can contain information inside of those (laughs) waves and Uh. pass them along. And we've been able to do that for a long time, since I got Marconi?
0: Before that. Uh,
1: Since before Marconi, wow. he just tried to take credit for it. Mm-hmm. Marconi. Does it pass through us or do we block it? It passes through, yeah. <laughs> One thing that you want out of radiation, actually, is for it to pass through you. If oh. you stop it, that tends to be a bad thing because that's energizing you. And then you're being microwaved.
2: Is it bad mm. that we stop light? Do we stop, we stop light? We right?
1: stop light right on the surface, though. Okay. Oh, it doesn't get very deep. It's weak. Mm. Yeah, weak, weak.
2: light.
0: <laughs> Except for, like, sunlight, and that's why you get sunburnt because uh, then your body's in. like, what?
2: Strong light and a weak light. Yeah. Those are the two kinds. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I go for weak light. That's yeah. why I don't go outside. <laughs> yep.
0: We've been talking about artificially generated radio waves, but mm-hmm. they can oh. also just be generated by energy being released in the universe. And so mm-hmm. when you hear about radio waves detected from space, right. those are used as measurements because other stars and uh, objects in space are generating radio waves as oh. they move around and collide and do Oh. Space things? Space
1: stuff, uh, but they do, there's no music.
0: Not that we know of, but mm. who knows? There could be aliens broadcasting music there, to us. There
1: are definitely aliens broadcasting. A whole
2: bunch of new music for you to not know anything about. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Now it is time for... One of our panelists has prepared three science facts for our education and enjoyment, but most of those facts are fake, two of them. One of them, though, is real, and we have to figure out which one is the true fact, and if we get duped, Stefan will get our buck if we get it right. We get it. Stefan, hit me with your facts. So which of these three
3: things is a real cutting-edge way to play music involving radio waves? Oh. Number one. By implanting a radio antenna into a saguaro cactus with a transducer that turns the cactus into a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> uh, number two, by engineering the genes of E. coli bacteria to act like the components of a circuit and using them to receive and decode radio waves. Ooh. Or by using an infrared frequency comb in lasers to transmit and receive a song wirelessly in radio waves.
1: R- Laser radio? Yes. Okay, so we've got number one, a Bluetooth speaker cactus. Number two, bacteria communicating through radio waves. Number three, a frequency comb laser radio. What's a frequency comb, Stefan? Uh, So in the the easier (laughs) way, I think,
3: to visualize this is like in sound, there's something called comb filtering. And so if you play a sound against itself, Uh but the copy is slightly delayed, Uh then the frequencies interact in a way where you get amplifications and cut. in a a pattern that makes the frequency spectrum look like a comb so it has a bunch of like spikes Mm -hmm. that are evenly spaced and so that's happening but in this case with light
0: Is this how you feel all the time when I explain things?
3: (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Oh my
0: gosh. It's like, I was picturing like a physical comb. Oh, I can brush my hair and listen to music. Wow.
1: (laughs) Just hold it against your head. (laughs) And the bees are staying alive. Uh
0: So the cactus is the one that I understand the most because it seems Mm. very simple. Cactus equals speaker. Uh I feel like it's a (laughs) lie because it's too simple. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The second one, are they using the E. coli as a... a, uh, Something?
3: The E. coli receives and decodes the w- waves, but they're not, like, producing sound. Okay. Mm, Decoding it into what? Into, like, a digital signal,
2: and then which
1: what? then goes into the speaker. Oh, my goodness. That sounds
2: not impossible. Re- yeah.
1: I don't know. He seemed like he knew a lot about frequency combs.
2: Yeah, but that's just something that's that he does, already though. knew about, and that's then he true. lied about something else involved Lasers. in it. The laser thing.
1: <laughs> I don't know he how you know. Have, a, have a radio laser.
2: Can you store information in light? That isn't just the stuff that's bouncing into your eyeballs? Yeah.
1: I think, yes, you can store information in light. Okay. You can transmit data in a laser. Yeah, that makes sense. That is possible. Okay.
2: Is that what a CD player does? No, oh, damn! Well, I, don't to read it. Yeah. I thought I understood something. Uh, well, they don't exist anymore, so I don't need to know that. I'm gonna just go with the 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 e coli because it sounds really neat.
1: I'm gonna go with that big basey cactus. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it seems possible at least yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: I guess split the difference. I'm gonna go with the comb that is not a comb physically.
1: Um, uh...
3: It is the comb ah! The laser comb <laughs> Good
1: job, Sarah. You want Yeah, I
3: feel so confident. <laughs> Oh, God Normally, lasers are emitting a single frequency of light. They have these laser combs that cause the lasers to emit multiple frequencies of light that are at these regular intervals along the frequency spectrum. And they realized that within the laser cavity, which is where there's like a bunch of mirrors reflecting the beams back Uh and forth, those different frequencies of light were interacting in such a way that the electrons in that cavity were emitting microwaves at frequencies within the communication spectrum. By controlling the laser combs, they can control the radio waves that are coming out and then so they can just transmit songs. And they were also able to go in reverse having the the device pick up wireless signals and then that affected the frequency combs and they could read that and so they could go both ways transmitting the music. Sort of the dream of the future with this is finding a way to to apply that to terahertz wireless communication. Right now, we're... Like our cell phones and everything is using Hmm. gigahertz wireless, but there's a band of frequencies in the terahertz range where we don't have the technology to like practically generate that for communications use, Mm -hmm. and no one's really close to doing that, making that viable yet. And that'll make the phone better. It will allow faster speeds. Okay. So the cactus thing is from the saguaro national park in like 2008 2009. There was a rash of like cactus theft, and it's apparently not illegal to buy and sell saguaro cactuses but it is illegal to steal them from a national park. Yeah. So in the national park they started implanting RFID chips into the cactuses Uh, mm. which you would think would allow them to track them down but you actually can't track them Mm -hmm. down because you have to be within a foot
2: of the chip to actually detect it. Because they, yeah, Uh, these aren't like
1: battery powered things. They like have to receive a signal to radio back to you.
2: So it's to scan a saguaro when you get it to see if it's an illegal saguaro? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, they're counting on like people being like, oh, they're putting and chips and the cactuses, so I'm not going to steal it. I'm right. not going to
1: actually <laughs> check. I like that. <laughs> but I guess That's my they were,
3: enforcement. <laughs> they were sweeping the nurseries, right? And RFID the,
2: is a radio thing. Yeah, R stands yeah, for radio. which is why I
3: found that. I watched a review on YouTube of a device. <laughs> it's like a little Bluetooth box and it has a like a thing that you stick on anything, and then it vibrates that, that object and turns it speaker. into a speaker. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, <laughs> just do it with a cactus, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a great idea.
3: <laughs> And so then the bacterial thing, this is the one I I super do not understand how this works. I read the article several times Mm -hmm. and there's too many words in there that I Mm -hmm. don't understand. But this team has been working in the space of like synthetic biology for a long time. And they have several papers that sort of build on each other. And it is through, like, genetic engineering of the genes to create, like, components in the genes that act like switches and logic gates. Mm -hmm. And so they can connect them together to execute, like, what they call genetic programs. The example from their 2011 paper is that they synchronized thousands of E. coli into what they are calling biopixels. And so they will fluoresce in sync in response to like chemicals that are present so you can detect like arsenic or whatever
2: Mm -hmm. you have an arsenic detector that gives you e coli if you're not careful
3: (laughs)
1: yes you gotta be careful cool next it's time for a short break and then
2: for the fact off Social Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money, a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I said it before, and I'll say it again. It's a subscription-based world out there. Video games, art-making programs, food delivery services, these things, they all have dang subscription services to subscribe to. And I don't want to cast asp- aspersions? Dispersions? Yeah. Oh, aspersions. One of those. Yeah. But... It does seem like part of the subscription uh, business model is to get you to subscribe to something and then hope that you lose track of everything you subscribe to and just keep forking out 10 bucks a month until the sun Mm -hmm. burns out. And you know what? That's actually a pretty good idea on their part, but it's not such a good idea for your wallet.
1: Your money is like a bean. (laughs) 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 You
2: want to plant it in fertile
1: soil. You don't want people (laughs) carving off pieces of your bean all the time. That bean's not going to grow. If there's a constant drain on the, on the bean, bean, that <laughs> is where rocket money comes in with rocket money. You can see all your subscriptions in one place, decide what you do and don't want and cancel things with just a tap rocket money. will even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and beyond I mean, beans and beyond subscription canceling, (laughs) rocket money helps you build budgets, track your spending and more. There's all kinds of ways to take care of those beans so they grow into a nice big bean plant. It has over 5 million users and it helps save members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. What would you do with 720 beans?
2: I'd buy more beans. (laughs) (laughs) different kind of bean i guess a, a cheaper beans, more yeah. of a cheaper type you of bean you buy cheaper
0: beans with your expensive
2: beans <laughs> yeah until i had an infinite amount of the cheapest bean you could
0: possibly have <laughs> subscription <laughs> companies hate this one simple trick because you figured out their plot and now you can use you- that money for beans instead stop wasting <laughs> money on things you don't use and start using money on things like beans. Cancel your unwanted <laughs> subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash so T A N G E N T S.
1: show Tangents is brought to you by Factor, whose ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning. Stress is stressful. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Life just goes and goes and it doesn't ever stop going. There's always something else to do and one of those things is a very important thing called eating dinner to eat dinner one must pick out what they want to eat and then go to the grocery store and then <sighs> buy this stuff and then chop the stuff and do other things to this stuff you have to heat this stuff and put it in water and then afterwards you have to Welcome back everybody. Sam Buck Totals. Sari's got one. I've got nothing. Sam's got two for his good poem. <sighs> I shouldn't have given you that the was extra your fault, point, Stephen. And have... Stefan's also got two, so you guys are tied. But only because of the grace of <laughs> Stefan's appreciation <laughs> for your
2: my creativity. Creativity I did it for myself. Well <laughs> do we really do anything for ourselves, I guess, in this society? Yeah, no. Every, <laughs> everything
1: is built on everything else. Yeah. I stole every one of these words
2: Whoa. from other people. From
1: Homer. Homer, the writers. first worder. <laughs> yeah. He made all the words. Yeah. And now it's time for the Fact Off, where two panelists have brought science facts to present to the others in an attempt to blow their minds. The presentees each have a sandbuck to award to the fact that they like the most. So get ready. It's me versus Sari, and we're going to decide who goes first with this
2: trivia question. The United States. National Radio Quiet Zone is a large land area that was designated by the FCC in 1958 originally to protect radio telescopes. Mm. The area of the quiet zone covers parts of three states. Name one of the states. Colorado.
0: West Virginia. Colorado?
2: What? <laughs> What's wrong with Colorado? It's not where it is.
1: <laughs> is West Virginia right? Yeah. I just figured it would be someplace where there's nobody.
2: That makes more sense, yeah. doesn't uh, it? Instead of there being a place where there's a lot of people. Yeah. Like West Virginia, Virginia. Virginia and Maryland. Wow, yeah, that's, awesome. where, well, that's the three states uh-huh. it covers. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll go first to get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no. <laughs> there is so over radio.
0: <laughs> I, uh, my confidence in science and my own scientific ability is low. There are lots of different kinds of wartime technology, but we usually focus on weapons or other big machines to cart people around. But mm-hmm. radio, which falls under the umbrella of electronic warfare, has been used in plenty of wars, too. And so specifically, I'd like to talk about a physicist who helped the UK out during World War II using what's known as scientific intelligence, basically like an arms race of radio technologies. His name was Reginald Victor Jones, or R.V. Jones, and he wrote a whole book about this called Most Secret War, because it basically became his job to figure out what the German Air Force was doing with radio, especially related to navigation, from literal scraps of information from decrypted messages or downed bomber planes. And it was called The Battle of the Beams. Just just like a very catchy name. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have a highlight reel of three of the things that he did. The first being on June 5th, 1940, a message was intercepted with the word nicobine, meaning crooked leg, and a set of compass bearings. Hmm. And nicobine was discovered to be the nickname given to the bent transmitting antenna. And planes had a radio navigation system, the German bomber planes, that involved an antenna that switched between two radio beam transmissions from two locations. One was dashes, like Morse code dashes. Mm. One was dots. And the beams were adjusted to intersect over the target for bombing. So Mm. the planes would fly over and listen to, like, just dots until they the they heard dots and dashes interspersed and they were like, oh, X marks the spot, got a bomb.
2: Whoa.
1: Wow. Oh, (laughs) that's extremely (laughs) fraught with definitely accidentally killing people. Yeah,
0: These signals were codenamed headaches. So RV Jones and his buddies developed transmitters that they called aspirins by using machines from hospitals that used electromagnetic currents to produce heat and cauterize wounds. And they just like pointed them up at the sky and tossed out radio noise or produced false dot and dash signals. Highlight reel number two. This is the same guy. <laughs> right. Same guy. Okay. Yeah. X-beams were another German technology that they tried where the bomber pilots intercepted checkpoint beams as they got closer to their target. So like at 30 kilometers out, they got a radio signal that was just like or whatever. And then 15 kilometers out, they got another signal and then they set a timer in their mm. plane so that like after X amount of minutes was up, then they would arrive at their spot. Oh, and my then bomb. And so then they modified (sighs) the jammers to be another cutesy name, bromides, to throw off the accuracy of those. But still, same hospital machines, just like, oh, we're going to miss them. Shooting
1: cauterizers at the sky.
0: It's like when
3: I bake muffins, and I'm like, 15 minutes from now, they'll be ready.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's never right. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, except it just has to—it's whether you— Murder accurately or not? Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, war is bad.
0: It war is, is bad. Yeah, this is very scary. In July 1943, this is the third highlight. Allied bomber planes flew into German airspace under this dude's advice and dropped 92 million strips of shredded tin foil, which is not very environmentally friendly, no. but it messed with the radar operators, and so their screens were just like we're swarmed mm-hmm. uh, because all the tin foil was right. reflecting their signals back. So his whole strategy was like. Fight war with tricks.
1: Did he have a cute name for that one? Operation Ibuprofen? Confetti. Mm-mm. No. No fun
0: Mm-mm. name that I could find. Oh. Operation Tinsel? I don't know. We could come up with one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's Tinsel. too cloud. late. Oh, he's dead. He won't hear it. It's yeah. true.
1: I feel like, shouldn't you just be able to like... Bomb this thing! Look down, look through down. the hole in the <laughs> I mean, ground, in the clouds. bottom You're so of far your plane. up, and like, and like you were just using
2: there's like maps with like grids on them, and yeah. you have like it's a ruler, and you're like, I gotta yeah. go there. God, GPS makes this all much easier. And the whole time in your plane, it's like boop, boop, yeah. boop is probably terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and
1: then the, you get that dot dash signal, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, Uh-oh. well. I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, well, it's my job to push this button, so I will push this button. Oh, well, that good thanks to that person for, I, uh, you know, saving lives with hospital equipment, mm-hmm. which was meant to save lives, but yeah. in a different way.
3: Yeah. I, I that sounds like the equipment that was responsible for all those
1: surgical fires, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> all back. You guys want to know about my fact? I guess I'm so. Sure. But yeah, I know that was pretty good. <laughs> so there was a young boy. His name was Owen Garriott. Oh. And his dad uh, was really into radios and stuff, and so his dad talked to him about Morse code and got him a radio, and by the time he was 15 years old, he ha- had an amateur radio operator license. So ham radio, like these amateur radio setups, are like things that people use even now, and you can just sort of like have your radio and talk to people. Mm-hmm. It's like um, Omegle. Do you guys remember ro um, <laughs> No. What's that? It's an internet application <laughs> that you can just turn on and it'll match you with a random stranger. It's like chat roulette. Ooh, mm-hmm. creepy. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a very good way to see a penis. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. But this is like with people and they I can just turn this switch and like this radio will connect me to people and we can talk. So he was super into that. And then in 1983, that kid went to space. Because he was an astronaut by that point, and he did a 10-day flight. And he wasn't a kid anymore. He was no longer a kid. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He was an adult man at that point. And he brought a handheld amateur radio transceiver with him, and he operated the first amateur radio station in space using a call sign W5LFL. And he turned it on and his first contact was with some guy in Montana. And he was just like, hello. And the guy in Montana was like, what's up? And he was like, I'm in space. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy in Montana was like, that doesn't seem right. And he was like, no, I'm seriously, I'm an astronaut. You can look it up, um, W5LFL. And they talked for a while and then he talked to a bunch Ah. of different people while he was up there. And that project actually lives on. Uh, There is a project called the Amateur Radio on the International Space Station Project. And when you wake up from a your space nap, if you don't have anything to do, you can go over to the thing and just, like, turn it on and see if you can talk to anybody. So they do it specifically and intentionally with school groups, but they also will do it just to strangers. Bill MacArthur is an astronaut who was on the ISS, and he made it a point to talk to uh, one person from each of the 50 states while in space. And he did that while also making 1,800 different contacts in more than 90 countries (laughs) and every continent, including Antarctica. So you
2: got to just turn it on and hope that you're getting somebody from a state that you don't have?
1: You can do it intentionally. So, like, one, if you're flying over that part of the world, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to connect. Mm -hmm. And you can also, you know, sort of know when— your partner is going to be available and, like, both be there at the uh, same time to talk.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. But you can also just, like, have it on and wait for somebody to talk.
3: Cool. How long can you stay connected to one?
1: Not long. Okay. When you're in the space station, yeah. not long because it moves pretty fast.
2: Yeah. Seconds or minutes, do you know? Minutes. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Like, prank calling people from space. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, how do you—I could just have an amateur radio and be like, yeah. I'm in
2: space! There'd be no way to tell, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, people would know your voice. You're Hank Green Hank, you're not from space. SciShow. <laughs> I'm a nerd. No one's gonna let you in space. <laughs> that's a great story and it's beautiful. Thanks. Maybe yeah. someday we can podcast from space. Uh, we'll no. Oh, okay. No, very <laughs> Why? dangerous. Why? No. Not us, but somebody. I could be up there and I could talk down uh, to oh, you. Oh, that's fine. I'll just go okay. by myself. Right. Calling like chicken to go to space. Yeah,
0: yeah. it doesn't sound fun.
2: <laughs> to go to space
0: no nah. yeah. it's dangerous. weird
1: it's weird to feel that way but i kind of feel that way yeah
2: i don't really like to have fun it
1: sounds so. expensive too <laughs> it's like a tattoo it's like paying a lot of money for just being uncomfortable
0: oh i'd be a fully i like trained... tattoos so <laughs> <laughs> strong disagree on that <laughs> no, i'd
2: be a fully trained astronaut right so i wouldn't have to pay any money they be paying me, baby. <laughs> oh,
1: that seems especially unlikely well, for everyone in this room <laughs> to be rude. paid astronauts. Maybe Sorry. I'm the scattered. only
2: one who has the knowledge needed. Yeah, to they're fix looking something. for
1: they're looking for radio skit script writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys want to do it on three? One, two, three. Harry? Oh, oh.
2: Okay. Are we all almost, tied? Is that now?
1: gonna bring nope? No. You're not because I only have one point. <laughs> oh, okay. Everybody else okay. is tied though.
2: <laughs> Such a nice story. I they like were both that. good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thanks was more wholesome. One was about war. Yeah, you had to think about war <laughs> yeah. and like people dying with mine. Yeah,
1: I just kept trying to bring it up. Mm-hmm. So people died, huh, Sarah? Yeah. Lots of people were dying in your story, huh? Oh. Mine's
2: cute, though. It's a about boy a boy.
1: Space. A little space, space boy. <laughs> but the story. And then he just wants to talk to Montana. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, that's probably what I really got. I mean the Montana. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I should have just ended at Montana. That's it. End of the story. Yeah, he mm-hmm. so got it, Sam. And also, this astronaut says he loves
3: Anaheim, California. <laughs> yeah, he loves
1: it there. That's where he was born and raised. Oh. And now it's time to ask the science couch. We've got a listener question for our couch of finely honed scientific minds. We're terrified. This question is from Patty Shag, who asks, what is digital radio or HD radio, and how does it actually relate to standard radio, like what was coming out of our car stereos 10 years ago?
2: (sighs) You you guys don't even know what standard radio is. I'm ready.
0: I'm ready for a general explanation. It'll be unsatisfying, but you'll know more than when I started. Generally, how radios work is an electric signal can be an input to the antenna, which radiates electromagnetic energy, and that's transmission, Mm -hmm. or like the receiver antenna can pick up electromagnetic energy and convert that into an electric signal, and that's reception. And radio waves have different frequencies, and by tuning a radio receiver to a specific frequency, you can pick up a specific signal. And so AM and FM radio have different bands of frequencies that they operate Mm in. I I'm not tuned to radio, so I have to explain this for myself.
1: Yeah. No, this is part of the problem is that Sari's never used a radio. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I also have never used a radio to listen to music, so. That mm, couldn't
2: possibly be true.
0: My mom played it in the car when she dropped me off at school during a brief period. I listened to it when I rode the school bus.
1: The thing that we have said on this podcast, but anyone who doesn't hasn't listened, Sari, when driving, just is in <laughs> silence.
0: Oh, Yeah. It's nice. It's
2: not nice. <laughs> no, that's horrible. That when you're doing mundane I, things like that is when the real demons come out. Though. That's <laughs> I not, like. <laughs> I
1: like that Sari is comfortable with her own thoughts, and we should all aspire well, to true, that greatness.
2: Yes. No way. The shower, uh, the car. You always oh, have to yeah. have something going on, or else you're gonna have to grapple with some stuff. Yeah. There's, there's do you want to grapple
1: with? Some that's where stuff? you gotta, you got to grapple. I otherwise,
2: otherwise you're just hanging out in space. Hell yeah. I'm turning all <laughs> my
3: houseplants into speakers as soon as I get home.
0: <laughs> AM is amplitude modulation. So if you imagine a wave, mm-hmm. um, it's like how far up or down it goes. Mm-hmm. And FM is frequency modulation. So if you imagine a waves and you imagine like a point in space, it's like how many waves, full waves, pass that fixed point over mm. time. So like if they're moving left to right, like. Right. How many are passing it? (laughs) (laughs) That's radio. That's what radio sounds like? Is this radio? (laughs) Yeah, that's what
1: radio sounds like.
0: And then I found a really good Reddit explain like I'm five post about the difference between AM and FM and why AM is worse quality than FM. Yes. Is this a known thing? Yes. AM is like talk radio,
2: Mm -hmm. really fuzzy, very hard to understand.
0: So this person said to imagine instead of radio light because they're both electromagnetic energy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and with an am light bulb the signal would be varied by adjusting the brightness and with the fm the light would be changing in color to produce the signal and so if you're trying Uh to see the signal through like a forest or something it'd be easier to tell a difference in color than a difference in brightness Mm. and that's why fm signal stays stronger than am
1: neat okay i was
0: like Wow, this person. I love it.
1: Thank you very much. Yes. That doesn't, what, what about HD and, and digital radio? Okay, though? yes.
0: That is old radio. I've set the groundwork. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so now U.S. radio broadcasters use both analog and digital signals, but a digital radio receiver can receive both. Okay. So like analog mm. and digital. HD radio. Does not stand for high definition or hybrid digital. Aww. It is a proprietary method of digital radio that is standard in the U.S., declared Ugh. by the FCC and owned by a company. That can forget. you just yeah. pan ubiquity? our
1: groans to either sides? So yeah, get... just both just stereo groan, <laughs> stereo groan. Of course, it's a proprietary uh. format owned by some company. Not all mm.
0: countries have HD radio. That means, right. so, like, if you right. want to talk about this kind of radio, use digital because that's the mm, right. That's the umbrella term. Okay. HD radio is like. I found the trademark page to explain what it is and what it isn't.
3: Is it higher quality or is it just a different system?
0: Yes, it is higher quality sound or it's supposed to have higher quality sound and more stations. I don't have any firsthand experience (laughs) with this.
2: (laughs) Do I like XM radio? Is that different? Is That's it? different. That's different.
0: Okay. That's satellite.
2: Then maybe I don't know what we're even talking about. It is a different way
1: for the tra- for the information to be transmitted over radio waves. So, is this something
0: that some cars
1: have? Yes. Yeah. Okay. If you have a newer car, you can you can receive digital radio, and you'll know when you get out of range of it. If it's regular old analog radio, it'll get like, and you can still kind of hear it. And if it's digital, it starts to have like digital artifacts where oh. it goes like. And it sounds like a Skype call gone wrong.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Unfamiliar with this.
0: So radio frequencies like AM and FM analog have a limit on how much information they can hold. So there's a limit to sound quality. But in digital radio, the signal is digitized. So to the ones and zeros and compressed Mm. on a computer. So instead of like just transmitting the waves, it's transmitting digits. And so being then,
1: decoded by my radio.
0: Yeah, that's being car. decoded by your oh. digital radio. And not only can you transmit sound, but you can also transmit information. Yeah. So, things like with digital radios, the song title and artist can pop up oh. on screen because that information can be stored with the song. And you don't have just like a radio man saying, and now we're playing.
2: <laughs> a radio man. No, <laughs> so, I want to hear what <laughs> thinks the radio is oh, like. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, like, trying to think of one song. <laughs> <laughs> that was what the pause is. And now we're playing. That, or, no, they said afterward, right? <laughs> that was just Call Me Baby by Carly Rae Jepsen. Sure. And now... Another, another song <laughs> yeah, that another I song totally you.
1: know the title Another one of.
0: from Carly. <laughs> Lover. <laughs> Welcome to Carly Jetson Power Hour, et
1: cetera. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely, they definitely, indeed, every yeah.
2: time a song ends, they're always <laughs> like, like yeah.
1: that was this song.
2: Yeah, and then during the yeah. song, sometimes they go, we're listening to <laughs> <Yeah, really? laughs>
1: Everybody, just so you know the name of this one. Everybody, that was our girl Carly with Call Me Maybe.
2: You're good at that. <laughs>
0: See, I don't know if this is like a real radio voice or if you're faking it. (laughs) 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 Okay. I I think I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do all radio (laughs) announcers sound like the Kool-Aid man? Yes, no? (laughs) (laughs) The end I tried my best. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, if you want to ask your question to the science couch, you can follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents, where we'll tweet out upcoming topics for episodes. Thank you to at Koojemus, at Sarah 92 and everybody else who tweeted us your questions for this episode. Final Sambuck scores. It's a three-way tie Yay. starring everyone Woo. but me. <laughs>
2: It's a Christmas the- miracle because I think today is Christmas Eve. Is oh, it? I think so. Why didn't we do a Christmas episode? Uh, I didn't think people would really be listening on Christmas Eve because they're sure with their they families. Were. You think nah. so? I mean, no. This people the- do all
1: kinds of stuff. I love to listen to podcasts on Christmas. Yeah. Oh, in our SciShow analytics,
2: we
3: like holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas do really well. I think people are avoiding their families. <laughs> oh, well, yeah.
2: Maybe we'll make this an extra long one or something <laughs> since it already is very long. Right. Ooh.
1: Since it's our Christmas Eve episode. <laughs> what's what are you what's
2: what your favorite cookie <laughs> <laughs> a christmas <laughs> cookie your favorite christmas cookie i pretty much only have room in my heart for chocolate chip cookies it's wow. not a Christmas
0: oh. cookie at all. Well, it is. what if is your a mom, Christmas cookie? If your
2: mom makes them, it's a gingerbread? Christmas Gingerbread? Is that the only Christmas cookie? Yeah, that's pretty, that's it pretty, is a pretty, uh, Christmas cookie, but oh, it's also Of course, a,
1: snickerdoodles. And there's also the ones that are like white chocolate with like melted with a bunch of crushed candy canes in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not really a cookie.
2: What about the ones that are the circle of sugar cookie with the... Kiss in the middle. Is that a Christmas cookie?
0: Thumbprint cookies? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Is that a
2: uh, Christmas cookie? I don't know. No. has <laughs> a
0: maybe? kiss in the middle. It has a kiss yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Yes. I remember buying them. You probably I,
2: put your thumb mm, in the middle. And, the middle. and then, and then and you put, the put it on top. Uh, I can
0: eat those in one bite.
2: That's Congratulations. <laughs> <Okay. right>. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 those. Know, I want to know more about how fast yes. Sari can eat. What's
2: the, the t- how fast can you eat a hot dog?
0: The fastest I've ever eaten a hot dog is... So I was moving from Indiana to Washington State. My dad and my grandpa were in the car. He gave me a foot-long hot dog from a gas station and then as he walked around the other side of the car and got in, I had already finished it.
2: Wow. Uh, wow. Sari's a
1: professional. She's
0: Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs>
1: it's been amazing to watch Sarah not eat this cookie for the entire <laughs> episode. so
2: badly. <laughs> and you could eat it so fast, it's too. It's been <laughs> sitting there.
1: Just it's, The icing is so bright.
2: Mm. This kinda, is probably the slowest you've ever eaten a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hank, I have a Christmas present for you. Oh, no. Well, it's a Hank book. We're all tied. No. Now. How about that? Holiday season. Ugh. We're all tied. Yeah. For okay. Once I like in our that.
1: Lives. What did I do to, to deserve this? You um <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I just think you should have one. Okay. Does everybody agree? Do, are we actually going to do this? Can
0: I eat my cookie? If you can, if I can eat my cookie, you can have a bug. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sarah,
1: okay. you can oh. eat your cookie. You can eat your cookie. Heck, yes. Everything's going wild now. It's all breaking down. SciShow Tangents' <laughs> end rules. is just like, there's no structure anymore. <laughs> well, if you like this show and you want to help us out, while well, Sarah eats <laughs> a cookie. You gotta uh, give it some crunch. It's really. Yeah, it's not really a crunchy cookie. Uh.
0: No, it's a soft cookie, but I don't want to eat it in front of the microphone for people who don't like food noises (laughs) yeah
1: no don't make too many food noises first you can leave us a review that's very helpful and and also lets us know what you like about the show you can also leave ideas for upcoming topics in iTunes reviews because we look there for those second you can tweet out your favorite moment from the show and finally if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents (laughs) just tell tell people about about us
2: I we have my cookie in your mouth. mouth. Thank
1: you for joining us. I've been Hank Green. I've
0: been Sari Riley.
2: I've been Stephen Jane. And I've been Sam Schultz.
1: The SciShow Tangents is a co production of Complexly and the wonderful team at WNYC Studios. It's created by all of us and produced by Caitlin Hoffmeister and Sam Schultz, who also edits a lot of these episodes along with Hiroko Matsushima. Our editorial assistant is Daboki Chakravarti. Our sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish. Our social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno. And we couldn't make any of this without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you, and remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a a fire to be lighted.
0: But one more thing. Two radio astronomers were using a big antenna in 1964 and 1965 to receive signals from the Milky Way when they kept hearing a steady... Hiss. They chalked it up to a lot of things, like pigeon poop from a nest inside the antenna. Mm. But after the poop was cleaned up and other signals were ruled out, they were still hearing that hiss, which was actually evidence of cosmic microwave background radiation that fills the universe because of the Big Bang. And they discovered it then. Yeah.
2: Whoa! And they thought it was they pigeon. Poop? it was poop. The poop? They thought it was poop. They but go- it was the Big Bang. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> the odds only happened one time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what a what a thrill that would have been. <laughs>